0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello, and thanks for having me back. Today's topic, Wanted, the film loosely based on the comic book miniseries by Mark Miller and J.G. Jones. It stars James McAvoy, Morgan Freeman, Angelina Jolie, Terrence Stamp, Thomas Kretschmann, Common, and Chris Pratt. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. This is a movie back in 2008.
1: Did you watch it at the cinema? I can't remember. I I, I watched it, but I don't know if it was at the cinema. I've got a feeling it was a rental.
0: Right. I remember a mate and I very excited about this movie. I mean, going back to the mid to late noughties... It wasn't Mm. like now. I mean, 2008, that was the beginning of the MCU. That's when we got Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and everything that's come since then, you know, back in the mid to late noughties,
1: any comic book adaption on the big screen, I was there. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. But the funny thing, re-watching this last night in order for the prep for today's show, it feels more dated than 2008. I honestly felt... That it felt like it came out in two thousand, maybe two thousand and one, two or three.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And do you know what? It, it's a risk, isn't it? Because mm. at the time, like again, I remember this movie brand new, and it felt fresh, original. I mean, it, we were, we were still getting those lingering effects of the Matrix from ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. But it, it still felt fresh enough. I mean, this was what nine years later.
1: But yeah, you're at right. that
0: time, watching it, it's like, wow, this is cool. It's stylized. I mean, the bit where McAvoy's character hits Chris Pratt's character around the face with the keyboard, the keyboard. and the, the, letters the letters spell, fuck you. And it's like, yeah. wow, it's cool. It's edgy and all of that. But you are absolutely right. Watching it now, it's very it's dated, dated and it feels on uh-huh. the time. But it's always that thing, isn't it? When When you're in it. You don't feel as though your time has a particular look. Like I remember going back to the 90s and thinking, 90s doesn't have a look. It's not like the 70s and 80s. It's just yeah. now. But when it you look back at the 90s, it's all baggy shirts, waistcoats, It definitely yeah,
1: had a look. Yeah, it had but like a yes. signature look. Each decade it has did. a signature look to it. But it that, that, that early part of the noughties, as they call it, didn't have a, a signature kind of aesthetical look unless you want to start talking about the matrix because this film movie does feel like the bastard stepchild of the matrix
0: matrix rolls into i mean blade the first one came out in 98 so i guess you know yeah. blade then the matrix blade 2 around that time blade. we got underworld that yeah, franchise all the, started all those
1: sorts of movies and then blade was very much the blade was very much the open door it, it opened the door for comic book movies and a lot of people forget that they think it started with iron man but you have to go back to blade
0: oh no no no! no. i think people think sam Raimi's spider-man or brian singh is x-men so yeah yeah not necessarily 2008 iron man but you're right though like people do tend to forget but when they made blade and this is not a blade review <laughs> when they made no. blade it wasn't supposed to be what it's now looked back upon like it was a action horror movie Which again, on the back of that, we've got the underworld franchise. It had to be a Marvel, yeah. Yeah. Credit where credit is due, and then Blade Two. It seems, even though it's still going for that hard rating and it's violent and everything else, and very Mm. much is a continuation of that first Blade film, Mm. it does fit more amongst, say, Ghost Rider, The Punisher, all those naughty Marvel films. But this is not Marvel. Yes, this is not Marvel. This was, I believe,
1: was this. Image, wasn't it? Yeah, this was uh, one of Mark Miller's first big screenplays that that he was sold or optioned for the cinema. That's
0: right. Actually, Top Cow Productions, they put out Wanted, which was an imprint of Image Mm. Comics. And that was founded by Mark Silvestri in 92. And I know that you are a fan of his.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very briefly, he's just put out a brand new Batman comic. DC. um, which, And he's also doing variants for Top Cow. So timely, timely, a little bit of a nod and a wink there. Absolutely.
0: Universal Pictures acquired the adaption rights from Miller back in 2004. And while the eventual script drifted from the comic book supervillain mythos, which was in the original miniseries, he was content to see most of the comics darker content retained. Wanted opened on June 27th, 2008 to generally favorable reviews, with praise for its fast-pacing and stylized action scenes and grossed 342 million worldwide. A sequel was announced shortly after the film's release, but ultimately never happened. Happened. Mm. Never got a sequel. But yeah, it opened opened big. I mean, this is the film that had a budget of 75 million went on to make
1: 342.5 it um had a huge cost uh, from from what I uh, like I don't remember it being so star-studded, but uh, I was blown oh, away that, to rewatch yes. it last night realised, holy crap this has actually got a pretty big cost
0: it really does and angelina jolie is really really good in this and she was good in the tomb raider films but they were a different True. kind of thing they were more cheesy than this
1: yeah but yeah, she came she had back
0: yeah, she came back recently as Athena in Eternals, a recent Marvel yeah. film. So, But it's been a while since we've seen her do proper action to sort of go back and see her in this as Fox. Yes, mm. she's really, really fun to watch. She's got great she chemistry. Nails she nails it. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's got great chemistry with James McAvoy
1: as Wesley was- Gibson. Yeah, and it's, what's funny about McAvoy in this was um, I had no idea who he was at that point. I didn't realise he was from the UK. So he, for, for me, he put on a really convincing American accent, really flawless American accent.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with the accent. And he's gone on to do many, many film, TV, on, he, American he, he accents. Was young,
1: he was young Professor X.
0: In first class, but that was a few years after this. Yeah, but I knew McAvoy from the TV show Shameless, and ah. he's got his, his his own accent in that. So I knew that he that he wasn't American, but he plays it. He plays it really well. Like he, he's very he good at playing that unassuming guy. Like when he's having the panic attacks and he's trying to take his medication because he doesn't realize the medication is, is suppressing his his abilities that it's inherited from yeah. his dad, and he thinks yeah. that. I, I the, like all of that. It's that thing where he's like these. There's like a more powerful version of himself inside, but he's yeah, just holding he just himself. Can't
1: access it because it's it's being hidden away by the meds.
0: Yeah, but McAvoy was interesting <clears throat> casting, especially for back then in 2006. He screen tested, but he was getting rejected. The studio oh. wanted a more conventional leading man. I mean, McAvoy again, like he'd done TV in the UK, so he wasn't the actor that he's known to be today but he was later Mm. recalled when the producers decided that his character was more the runt of the litter i mean i'm not sure how they pitched that to him we've decided to bring you back why is that no reason we just think you'll be
1: really you're the guy you're the guy yeah
0: the studio ultimately changed its mind and wanted someone geeky and then yeah mcavoy got the part
1: yeah, and he's since, like you say, he's since proven to be a very versatile actor. Um, some of the roles he's done in, in time since have been incredible. There's there's one film of his I've been wanting to see, but I have not got around to it yet. It's the one where he, he um, has multiple personalities.
0: Right. That is. Yeah. That is excellent. Split. That is That's the one. That is a fantastic film. But I mean, I, I remember I watched. I mean, I see most films at the cinema, to be honest. And I watched that at the cinema. And do. I mean, I don't even want to say because it'll spot do you know that that's connected to a film that came out years ago? If you don't, I won't say anything. And you just go and watch split and then come back and tell them what you think. All right. Because it was a big, a big rug pull. It was a movie that I was just watching for fun. Didn't plan on reviewing it for the podcast. Got to the end of the movie and I was like, holy shit. Contacted Jason at that film, Shoe, and said, I know we've not Dude, we have for to it. this. We need Dude. to review it. I won't spoil it for you. And anyone so else that's seen
1: and hasn't seen it. it, I think most people have, but you need to, honestly. Absolutely check one, that out. He's, another one he's in that you just reviewed called Victor Frankenstein, which uh, I haven't seen, but that's caught my eye too. Cause, uh, yeah, I just want um, to watch that for
0: the first time. So the movie is Victor Frankenstein. Mm hmm. But it's from the perspective of Igor. So ah. McAvoy is Frankenstein. Igor is played by Daniel Radcliffe. Anyway, back right. to Wanted. We're all yeah, over we, the we place today. Tangents. All over the place. I know, I know. Angelina Jolie as Fox. Let's go back to her. And, I mean, we, we can say it here. The end of the movie, I mean, I've already given the spoiler warning. She dies. Yeah. And yeah. did not see that coming. And the whole thing with the, with this movie and these characters... They've got the ability to bend bullets, like bullets can which bend, is, in which air. Can... Is
1: bullshit. but it's so much fun, and it's it's fun, it is fun, right? It's where so where else thought, man? This is such <laughs> bullshit. Where fun. else
0: are you gonna to go to see people spin or curve bullets in the air? But the way yeah. that she kills herself, because the whole thing is that Morgan Freeman as Mr. Sloan, so he's the leader of the fraternity, a former partner of Mr. X, who is McAvoy's character, Wesley's dad. Yeah, He's saying, we're doing this for the right reasons, but it turns out that he was doing it to benefit himself. And him mm-hmm. and the rest of the fraternity had been coming up on the list to be taken out. And that's, that's cool. the whole thing. You come up on their list, these assassins will, will come out and kill you. But she finds you? out that they were all on the list. She kills all of them with one bullet. And it also takes her out, and it just goes around the room. Like, what a... What a scene. And the way they show bullets, like they'll show somebody getting shot in the head, and then they'll yeah. rewind, and then slow it again in slow motion. <laughs> like
1: they yeah, really it's super stylized. To see it. it is. But I mean, you know it's a comic book movie because it has comic book physics in it.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: and comic book, comic book physics obviously defy, defy the laws of real real physics. I mean, yeah. look at all the cars. look at all the car crash scenes and the car stunts and the bullets. Oh, there's so there's so
0: much. But again, like I so said, they kept those elements in your right, like comic book logic. But we're not going we're not getting superhero costumes, we're not getting tights and capes in this, which is more in line with what we've got in the original source yeah. material. So at least they've taken that away, but they've still got yeah the bullets curving. But with Jolie's character, Fox getting killed, she wanted that to happen. So Jolie mm-hmm. wanted her character to die so i thought that was fairly
1: interesting wow. it was it's good though i mean she serves as his mentor um throughout the movie and, and she's very much like the audience's sort of um waypoint or entry point into the film
0: i mean how cool is that scene where he's in the street she's looking to rescue him beginning of the movie she's driving she opens the door the car spins and he, and he falls seamlessly in. into the car and yeah, the, door into the car
1: yeah which is bullshit it wouldn't work in the real world hey it's, this so is the cool. thing
0: right the way that i've it's always so- taken it what they can do with bullets and other weapons that's pretty yeah. much what she's doing with the car as well Like they can manipulate yeah. objects yeah so it's it's meant
1: it's meant to suspend your your reality it's meant to suspend your belief in reality and that's what it does brilliantly you you kind of watch you find yourself going holy crap that's pretty cool it would never work but it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would he would die. <laughs> like, yeah. the impact that yeah. like,
0: she would have hit him. Yeah.
1: I, th- I thought that a, the big set piece with the train, how it falls. I thought to myself, there is no way they survived that. No comic way. book logic. <laughs> yeah, comic book logic. <laughs> Just imagine Kevin Smith chiming in there. Comic book logic. Kids. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Morgan Freeman, this was his second comic book film. So he done Batman Begins. In
1: 2005.
0: Yeah. And the, I think The Dark Knight, I'm pretty sure I read The Dark Knight was shooting at the same time as this as movie is. close oh, wow. by. Mark Miller, oh, nice. that worked well, went over to the set until he was found out and had to leave the set of The Dark Knight. But he's a big, you know, comic book guy and he wanted to go and have a look. Um, but yeah, cool. I mean, Morgan Freeman, I mean, he's sort of few. Comic book films, another one we've yes. reviewed on the podcast, Red. Have yes. you seen that with uh, Bruce Willis?
1: Retired Extremely Dangerous. That's yes, right. that, was a Ellis, that was a Warren Ellis comic book.
0: And Cully Hamner, is it Hamner or yep. Hammer?
1: Yep. On, on I, I, work. I, I, I've always said Hamner, but it's probably Hammer. Who knows? That's a great film. That is a yeah. really good film,
0: and the yeah, sequel yeah. is an okay film. <laughs> but the first yeah. one is, is really good. But yeah, Freeman, so he's done a few comic book films now. He
1: has, and he was Lucius Fox, as we mentioned, in the Dark Knight films.
0: So that's it. So I think it was a case of doing Batman Begins, this, and then around about the same time he did The Dark Knight. But then, of course, he came back in 2012 for Dark Knight Rises.
1: He was just bouncing around, wasn't he? He was totally but, bouncing around.
0: But Morgan Freeman. is an actor. Like you could just listen to him read the phone book. Oh, he's just a got a phone book. Exactly. He's got make one of those phone. voices. He's such a great performer, and he can he can lift any material. Not that he needs to do much even... heavy lifting on this because it's a good script and a good film anyway.
1: I'm not even going to attempt to do the impression. His voice is that intimidatingly good. Everybody knows it. <laughs> like everybody yeah. knows it
0: that's why I thought it yeah. was funny when that uh, movie came out March of the Penguins and yeah. he was the narrator in that and then the Jim Carrey film Bruce Almighty came out and he played God oh, in that
1: Yeah, right it's, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like
0: watching March of the Penguins it's as if it's narrated by God anyway <laughs> that's cool we've got Thomas Kretschmann as Cross a rogue assassin who has left the fraternity
1: He's the guy that was beating
0: him up, like wailing on him. Cross, no. Cross was revealed to be his dad, wasn't he?
1: Uh, that's right.
0: Yep. Yeah, because in the beginning we had the other guy, and Wesley believed him to be his dad, but then his dad was alive and he was trying to protect him, mm. and that's when you get the big, the big finale. Yeah. Why am I getting those guys mixed up? I'm pretty sure Cross was his actual, his
1: actual dad. There is a little bit of confusion. Somewhere in there. And then we've got the rest of the fraternity, like Common, as yeah, Bill Spellman. The good was his first first big acting role for Common, if I recall. Oh, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Common's first big call up for acting.
0: Ah. I just had a quick search. Yes, looking at the actor that cross. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure that is uh Wesley's dad. let uh, to make sure we we'll get that there right. You go. But um but I mean yeah common like okay yeah he's he's good like he's he's doing what he needs to do just like the rest of the fraternity really you yeah, know we've got
1: pretty sure he was pretty sure he's a former rapper or was a rapper before he turned actor.
0: Yeah that's it yeah and then he's gone to do like many you know films since and even popped up in the Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide Squad, the first one, Suicide Squad, the David Air gotcha. one. He yep. was in that one. And then we've got other guys that make up the fraternity. We've got the exterminator, the repairman, the butcher. Uh, you right. know, they all you know play play the parts do well.
1: Their, their bit. yeah.
0: Terence Stamp comes in playing a master in science of killing. So that's <laughs> that's that's the original
1: he, the original Zod. That's right. The
0: original general Zod. He operates yeah, yeah, he operates as a rogue agent outside of fraternity and yep. is also a craftsman. So he's the one that has been sent by Wesley's real dad. Um,
1: yeah, was he the dude that was holed up in that kind of monastery-looking building? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned he was Zod in Superman 78. He came back in the sequel in 1980. He also played Stick in Electra,
1: ah, Daredevil spin off. Yeah. There you go. We're at the
0: point point now where it's like, you know, whether it's Morgan Freeman, Terrence Stamp, you could probably reel off so many comic book adaptions that they've since started. Yeah. David O'Hara as Mr. X, the first fraternity member who is said to be the greatest assassin.
1: Actually, now I say that, I'm hoping we're not getting things fixed up here because now I'm thinking, was he
0: the real dad? You watched it last night. You watched it a lot more recently than I did. Let me have a look. David O'Hara. No. Okay. So just to clarify then, Mr. X is who Wesley was told and believed to be his dad. He's the guy in the opening and we see him get shot through the head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So
0: Mr. X, Wesley believes is his dad. And at the end of the movie, he finds out he was actually Cross who was his dad. Okay. Yeah. We've we've cleared that up. It's a very tangled plot. It is Chris Pratt. Years and years and years before he oh, was Star Lord in the MCU. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was weird. Like I, I had no idea who he was back then when I originally watched it. Then watching it last night, I was like, "Hang on, that's Star Lord. It's Chris Pratt."
0: Yeah, yeah and man, he plays—he plays such a big dick in this. He oh, plays he, he's, Barry. He's
1: a massive, he is. He's a huge douchebag.
0: All he's, he's doing—he's
1: so the one. He's banging his girlfriend, right? That's he's it. Yeah,
0: Bob. he's. Yeah, he's like a voice
1: character, Wesley's girlfriend.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And when he's
0: that he is, when he's not doing that, he's just knocking back cans of Powerade. Not yeah. Powerade, uh, well, what was it called? Powerade it's like, energy no, it's, drink, some kind of it's energy drink. drink. We used, no, it's a, like no, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's a brand, like it's not quite Red Bull, it's a cheaper one. I think it's Power maybe. Horse, maybe it's Power Horse. No, it's it's one that we used anyway. it's... I used to work in a bar like in the a good, UK. A made up one. Used that. No, it's not like even made up. It's a real one. We used to use it right. in the bar I worked in as a substitute for Red Bull. Thinks it was cheaper. I think it's called Power Horse. Anyway, it's a real drink. It's learn the something not... every day on this podcast, kids. <laughs> we're not here to plug it. So there we go. It mentioned his girlfriend, Kathy. She was played by Kristen Hager. Um, yeah, unfaithful girlfriend. Like she. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> she... oh, awful. But there you go. He, um, cool he escapes her and he, and he finds a better life for himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about, I,
0: like um, I was just going to say Janice played by Lorna Scott, Wesley's overbearing boss. Oh, oh right.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> She's the worst. Oh, wouldn't you hate to work for someone like that? Absolutely. It's so, it's so cathartic. Um, when he actually does yell to her, you know, like shut the fuck up. He, he yells it top of his lungs and you feel that coming from deep within him because you we've all wanted to say that to bosses at some point in our life and kind of you're cheering for him you're kind of rooting for him in that scene because you can feel it welling welling up with it inside him the the frustration the anger and the rage and it's so satisfying when he finally just yells it everyone in the office just looks up over their cubicles like Whoa! and um just yeah it's such a jarring scene but i loved it so the movie, yes, she's in the
0: opening of the movie, but we do get to see her later on as well. And just the whole yeah. thing with the bullets—they're not just curving bullets. Like everything's so overly elaborate. Like I feel as like I feel as though it's it's so overly complicated. But anyway, it works for them, and it's it's the whole point of the movie that they can do these things. But we One see Janice bullets. at the end. Yeah. She's she's in a car. She's eating donuts, and the bullet flies through. Excellent,
1: right through the loop in the donut. Yeah, that was great.
0: Oh yeah,
1: awesome. so um, I mean that's so cool. the, I love the way they do that, like those whole scenes where the bullets just curve space time, um, and they just go straight through objects and around objects and stuff like that. It's very, very matrixy, very sort of bullet time, pun, pardon, pardon the pun. I think that's what they were going for. Oh, it's it absolutely what
0: they were going for.
1: It kind of reminds me of an effect they used in the clip for "Freak on a Leash," the corn song uh, that was the. Um, Included animation by uh, Todd McFarlane. And you see the bullet go through the poster and then through into real time and through all these objects traveling all the way on this big, massive tangent before it's reversed. And it goes back on its backward journey right the way back through the poster, back into animation. Kind
0: of ah, a bit. yeah, I've seen that. A bit yeah, th- that. Yeah, I wonder what year that came out. But yeah, I remember seeing Which that video as well. Okay, cool. Well, so they, um, they did it first. Third album, the leader. Yeah. There you go. You got us to music. Danny Elfman, how would we not mention hey, until now? Not only... Did
1: not realize, did not realise he did the score until I saw the this is, Holy shit, Danny Elfman. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I knew going in, but the thing is, not only does he do the score, that title song is him on vocals. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I've always liked that song, The Little it Things. It does have a good soundtrack. It does. It does have a good soundtrack. But keep in mind, though, before... Danny Elfman was the film composer. He was the lead singer of Oingo Boingo.
1: Boingo, the 80s band, that's right. Yeah, so
0: he did that then, and, and then he went jobs. on to... He does, yeah. And then he went on to be a really a successful
1: yeah.
0: film composer, but he yeah. did do vocals on that song. Oh, it's such there's, a good song.
1: song, There's music in that movie that is very reminiscent of Nine Inch Nails. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually them, but... The stuff at times it's very Trent Reznor, like lots of industrial, sort of grimy, dirty sort of beats and um, synths, and just uh, '90s sounding guitar rock.
0: Well, this is the thing. I mean, the music was all him. Like he was the music. Like the the song that he recorded, the little things, and composing the music for the film was all him. And with those sounds that you're just touching on there, what he what he used for this was a guitar based musical score. So he didn't want it to sound. When you think. Danny Elfman, you're gonna think, you know, Beetlejuice, Batman, Spider-Man, you know, all those yeah, ones. Big like,
1: orchestral pieces.
0: Yeah, your mind's gonna to go to like Tim Burton, that kind of sound. Mm. Whereas this m- this yeah. film isn't that. So he's purposely no. gone for a guitar-based score and it just works. And it works.
1: It just works. Those scenes where the trains go rumbling by outside Wesley's apartment, and then you hear those grimy kind of electric guitar numbers. It's just like, yeah, that's that's really grungy sort of rock. And I I like the direction Elfman takes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this film, uh, Nathan, if you're going to rate it out of five. Look, um, I don't think it's aged very well over time. I sort of didn't enjoy watching it as much this time around. I must admit it felt really dated. Uh, My interest levels plummeted a bit toward the film's crescendo. Um, There were some bits to like about it. Um, There were some things that I found amusing. But to me, I'd probably go at like a three. I'd, I'd probably rate it a three. It's it's not. I'm not going to go stronger with it because it just there. Was, as I say, things to like about it, but it just didn't really resonate with me as much as it probably did when I was younger. It just feels probably that's the cynic in me. Maybe I'm a little jaded, but I feel like it's all been done. You know, we've seen all these sorts of effects over the years. We've seen all these sorts of things, and it just didn't really grab me and affect me the way it once might have. Um, but i um, you know, I, I still have to give it some props for its comic book roots. So I, I'll come in at a, at a at a very mediocre three, I think, for me.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in higher than that. Um, yeah, I, I agree with the points that you just made there. And there's been a lot of films stylized similar to this film around the time and since. They don't do it as much now. or don't really do it now. So that's why it does it does look dated. But, mm. but when it first came out, you know, the cast, the story, again, do Dussel really like that script, um, the music. It does have a lot going for it. But, again, back in 2008, it was fresh. It was original. Now you look back on it, and it's extremely dated. But, mm. you know, just to give the movie the credit I think it deserves and just my appreciation has not really declined over the years. So might seem a bit high to you, but I'm going to come in a four out of five i do still thoroughly enjoy this one yeah well that's it for our episode all about wanted if you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show you can find us on facebook as sounds like comics podcast nathan thanks for being on the show today thank
1: you for coming thank you for letting me come in always a pleasure never a chore thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time